Alrighty, what's going on, y'all? It's your man Quincy Whetstone, aka Q Stone, and welcome to another episode of the Beach Street Podcast, man. Today, I'm excited, man. I'm in, I'm at Bots World Studios, man, and uh, I knew about him before I met him. We had some mutual friends, man. Shout out to Lower Level, man, and and they used to always say, man, hey, man, you need to hook up with this cat, man, you know, and whoop the whoop. But today, I'm at his studio. I met him in person about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. So introducing super producer <laughs> D-Bots. What's going on, man? What up, Q-Dizzle? Man, how you been, man? Man, I'm good, man. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I'm alive, you know, through yeah. this pandemic yeah, and everything yeah. else. So, you know, God is good. God is good, yes, man. Is, so. I see you done nothing rearranged them right here since the last yeah, time I've been, you know, man. I, uh, you know, I done upgraded. I got an assistant now, so. Oh, okay, yeah. She got a woman touching here, All you right. know. We don't care about how the studio look. We just yeah, want to make, yeah, we yeah. want to work. But she, no, you got to change it. So, I done, yeah, did a little something. Man, so. so, tell the audience, man, just give us a history lesson on D-Bots, man. Man, uh. Got started. The crazy thing is, I got started. I used to work at Guitar Center. It was 1999 when I first got to Guitar Center, and I went in as just a drummer. Okay. Uh, I had just started playing keys. Really wasn't into you know keys. I was making my money doing drums, and didn't know about production. Didn't know about none of that. Ended up getting hired at Guitar Center, and uh, the crazy thing is that that new keyboard, the Triton, came yeah. out. And so we went to training on the Triton, and I was in love with this keyboard. So I used to come into work every day on my break. I'd be sitting there trying to learn how to program, program. So one day, I'm programming like this little rap beat. I get a tap on my shoulder like, yo, man, I want that beat. <laughs> yeah. It's Scarface Oh yeah, from yeah. the Ghetto Boys. So I'm like, I turn around like, what beat? Man, that beat you making on the keyboard. I'm like, oh, this a beat? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was really, I was naive because I, you know, I was a musician. I didn't know about production. And so the crazy thing is that was when Guitar Center would let you rent the keyboard. So he really wanted the beat. He's like, yo, I got, you know, a thousand dollars for you right now for that beat. And I'm just like, okay. Yeah. So he's like, well, you know how I'm going to get the beat? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So here's the story. Every time me and Faith see each other, I end up taking the keyboard to his house. He lived in Lake Olympia's at the time. And man, it took us like five hours. Just to get to it. Because I ain't know how to do it. You know what I'm saying? And that was actually my first beat ever sold. And so from there, man, you know, the career just took off. I ended up doing Zero and doing a little production deal with Rap A Lot. And that really, you know, that kind of opened the doors. Then I did another production deal with uh, Swisher House. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, Houston, on the Houston scene, I was doing my thing. And um, then 2005 came and T. Gray and Charles Chavez let me do this record with this chick named Natalie. She was a Rockets power dancer. Yeah. And that's what really took took off because it went to number 13 on Billboard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the going crazy record. It it got it just opened up all kind of doors. I ended up getting flying to New York to meet with uh, Bruce Carbone okay. and Universal did a pub deal with them. And that's when it just took off. I mean, yeah. after that, Maya, Fantasia, Latoya, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Um, just been blessed to keep doing this, you know, still 21 years in the game, able to provide that new sound. Because, yeah. you know, music is a whole different game than when we yeah. first started yeah, producing. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, just, you know, these young kids, my kids really keep me kind of young, you know, because a lot of dudes who produced back when we started, you know, they haven't been able to make that turn. Yeah. And music right now is just so simple. Yeah, like, man. If y'all can't strip down what you used to do, yeah. you're not going to really be able to, you know, maneuver. Man, man, I had to learn that, man. Yeah, bro, because these R&B jokes, man, these R&B jokers want me to, they don't want no bridges. Yeah. They don't want no chord changes. It literally be four chords to the whole song. Yeah. And it's all about the drums. They, everything trap. Everything trap. Trap yeah. and beat. Trap soul. Trap pop. I'm like, yeah. But, you know, if it cut the check Yeah, come on with it yeah. <laughs> I'm with it So, um, man, just being able to, you know, being blessed to still do this thing and, and right now I got a whole, whole bunch of stuff going on, man I'm, I've am i been on uh, this app called Clubhouse I don't know if you heard about yeah, it Yeah, I heard about it And on there, I, I met a whole bunch of independent artists that just, they just needed direction Yeah And so, uh, on that app alone, I produced like 70 people Oh, and nice like, since November yeah, like people flying into Houston to come work with me, man. Yeah, so it opened up some major doors. Um, I got a, a little another pub situation I'm doing right now with RCA. So, um, just bruh, just working. Yeah, man. it's live, man. Just working, bro. So, man, what is the cookout? 
What what is that, man? What so the cookout is, man? I was in Atlanta last year before, no, L.A. last year before the pandemic hit, and I was at this writing camp, and they had some A-list writers, you know, quote unquote A-list writers who had all the big songs. They done did songs for Usher and Chris Brown. Then you had um, like ten up and coming uh, writers, and so during the whole session, like these A-list writers start kind of. Talking bad to these little because they didn't have the, the resume or the clout, yeah. And I felt bad for them because like one of the little chicks start crying, and ah. the other one left and was like, "I don't even want to do music no more." And I'm just sitting there. I wanted to say something, but it wasn't my session. Okay, and you know I know studio etiquette. Yeah. Like, but just be quiet. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, before the pandemic hit, I was like, "Man, I want to do something and create something uh, to where independent artists and up and coming artists can feel safe." And feel creative in their own environment without feeling intimidated and yeah. all that. So, of course, the pandemic hit. That shut all that down. I mean, shut it all down. And so, at the beginning of this year, my homeboy came to me. He said, man, what was that thing you was talking about doing? Uh, and I was like, the cookout? He's like, yeah, you need to do it. I'm like, man, it's a pandemic and people ain't going to want to do it. And he's like, this ain't the bots I'm used to talking to because you don't, you don't do excuses. Right, okay. And he actually made, I was like, you know what? He right. So I got my little team together, a couple of writers. I was like, hey, let's go to Atlanta. Just test this thing out, see what we do, what, who we get, what'll happen. So we did our first one in Atlanta in February, and it was dope. Like we had uh, Real Housewives pull up, yeah. Raz B pulled up, yeah. um, some um, ARs from uh, Mace pulled up. Mace pulled up because yeah. we was actually at the studio he records at. He came through. Um, his producer, Travis Terry, came. So I was like, Dang, that was yeah. kind of dope. <laughs> and so after that, I held a meeting with you know my team. I was like, "Yo, I think we could really do something with this if y'all down." They're like, "Yeah." I say, "Well, let's do one in L.A." Yeah. And we did one in L.A. in April. And when I tell you, we did it for three days, and we had ninety three people come. Man, yeah, ninety three people pulled up in L.A. at the time was shut down. Okay. But we yeah. had people flying from Florida, New York. People were flying in to come to this. Yeah. And so after L.A., I was like. I, I'm really on to something. Yeah. And so I was like, where y'all want to go next? It's like, let's do one in New York. So we planned it. You know, we rent out the studio space. We, uh, I got, I got endorsements. Yeah. You know, I got some sponsors. I got some Australian millionaires who was like, Hey, we're going to take care of the food and take yeah. care of this and take care of that. You know? Man. And so we did the New York one. The New York one was crazy. And of course, after that, we like, where we going next? <laughs> we going next. Yeah. And so they're like, let's go to Miami. Yeah, let's go to Miami. <laughs> so, so we put it in play. Yeah. I got my assistant on it. She she booked the uh, the uh, studio. We got the rooms booked and all that. People buying their tickets. And so Miami's going to happen next month on the 18th and 19th, and it's going to be crazy. Man. So what's the ultimate goal of Cookout? Um, There are several goals. Uh, One is to teach. Okay. Because we do have, like, up-and-coming I don't like to use the word up and coming. I just think you either artist or you're not. But yeah, okay. those who don't have quite the experience. And then also we do what we call the artist block. That's where if you're an artist and you want me to produce you or you want the team to produce you, you can pay for it. Okay. Like you get production, songwriting, help, vocal coach, and all that. And I'll mix and master the record. That's all in your package. So one of the goals is to create records. Okay. One of the goals is to is to teach. The one of the, the third goal is, which is probably the biggest one, is the networking. Yeah, because some of everybody pulls up. Like the one in New York, we had old buddy who played. Um, he played in Fat Albert. I think his name is Keith Robinson. Okay, he came through. Um, Jay Washington from RCA Sony. He's a VP there. He yeah. came through. And so you got these young artists talking to VPs and yeah. talking to stars and and they're networking because now I see I even see them on Instagram comment on each other stuff. Yeah. So they form a relationships and ultimately it's just to help artists grow yeah. in whatever area. So that's my main goal, man, just to see because, you know, in this game, Q, a lot of independent artists get kind of, you know, spit on. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I know I'm trying not to curse because right. I want to keep it clean. Nah, really. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They, yeah. And they do. And so. Just to see some of these artists, man. If if I were to show you some of the testimonials of these guys, there was one guy in L.A. and this is like my this is what lets me know I'm doing the right thing. He had um he had found out about a cookout by somebody else, uh, and they, he in the in, inboxed me, hey man, I want to come. How much are the tickets? Yada yada yada. So he registered, he came, and uh, I saw him in the room. And normally, you know, you know what a studio session like. Everybody in their vibe and yeah, bobbing yeah. their head, and it's a collab joint. Whoever got something to write on the record. 
get on the record. Yeah. That's what we do. Yeah. And so he was in the corner, kind of looking shy, like the little kid at the playground who don't have no friends. Yeah. And so <laughs> he was the beat was playing, and everybody else was writing and kind of bobbing their head, and he was just over there kind of mummering. I said, "Hey, you hear something on this?" And he's like, "Yeah." So I was like, "Man, get in there. You know, yeah. this this don't be shy. Yeah, come on. You know, yeah. This is why you here. Yeah." So he was like, "You sure?" I say, "Man, go." I say, "This." This is my event. I'm telling you to go yeah, over there. Yeah. Ain't nobody going to say nothing to you because they don't want to deal with me. And so he went over there and started uh, talking with the songwriters. I went to my other room to, to do what I'm doing. I come back 20 minutes. He in the booth. Yeah. So he went from being the sideline in the booth. And he sent me this message after the cookout. And he told me, he's like, man, you know, I had family that passed during COVID. And I really wasn't feeling creative. I was ready to give up on music. And I he said, if I came to this event and it wasn't nothing that kind of helped me, yeah. I was just going to quit. I was going to quit music. And he said, this event has, you know, inspired me and recharged me to do music. And da 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 and he's been at every cookout since. Yeah. So he done flew across the country. And so that let me know, like, I'm on to something. You know, it's yeah. just helping these these indie artists learn. And and next next year when we graduate to the cookout, it's going to be a conference. So I'm going to definitely have you come in when we do one in Houston because I want to teach about publishing. Yeah, yeah. I want to teach about copyrights. Yeah, I want to yeah. teach about, like, this new cryptocurrency. You can fund your career with an NFT. Yeah, okay. And they don't know all this. This is stuff I've learned. Yeah. And so I want to be able to teach, bring these young producers in. No, yeah. you don't need to make a beat. You need to learn how to produce. Yeah. Because I always say, what's the difference between a, a beat maker make a, and a producer? Yeah, yeah. Just because you're making beats don't mean you're a producer. Right on. Just because you're doing songs don't mean you're you making records. Yeah. It's a big difference. And so I want to be able to teach. Yeah. Because nobody's reaching back and grabbing these artists. They just... Throwing them, they don't have developmental deals no more. Yeah. They want you. They want you to have a hundred thousand yeah, followers. Already. They want yep. you already ready. Yeah. And a lot of these artists aren't, but they're dope. Yeah. They just need to be developed and taught. And so I want to be one of the people who you know headlines de developing them and teaching them. That's lies. So is that what keeps you going, man? Because that's kind of what where I'm at now. I like mm -hmm. I want to I want to give back. It's like you serving with your gift. You using your gift to serve, man. Right, right. And right. that's and that's live, man. Yeah, because it, it's it's not about the money for me. You know, yeah. and people are like you lying. I'm like, look, these these first three cookouts I paid for. Them. Yeah. The studio time I paid for. You know what I'm saying? The, the food I paid for. Some of my staff chipped in on every now and then, but I'm it's my event, so yeah. I'm taking the bullet. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm taking the brunt of. I'm not making no money off of this. Yeah, I can make money doing beats and studio time and mixing and mastering. Yeah. So I ain't miss one meal. You yeah, know what I'm yeah, saying? Right but on. it's steadily growing yeah. because the one in Miami like has has taken on its own identity right now. Like people yeah. are inboxing like, "Yo, I booked my flight. Yeah, what's the studio name?" Yeah, and, and we were favored. We got this studio called uh, Circle House. It's actually a house that they converted into a studio, kind of okay. like we did over there in Acres Home. It got a pool. You know, it got a deck and all this kind of stuff. The dude said, "Well, since you coming for uh, two days, I'm gonna just give you the house for two days." Yeah, and I was like. But I'm only using it, you know, for this amount of time. No, you good. You don't take the house for two days. I'm yeah, like, man. Oh, okay. Well, cool. You know what man, I'm saying? Yeah. So, it's just been, it's just, man, when I tell you, it's always worked out. And it's because, you know, I'm not, I, like I said, I'm not trying to eat off. Yeah, that, that's what it do. I'm that's not, how it works. You know I mean? Yeah, so, man. Um, I ain't trying to gain no notoriety. I'm yeah. trying to help these young artists and young producers. So. That's that's really like you say. That's what drives me. Yeah. Like my daughter's an artist now. Yeah, okay. and my son's a producer. So like I just I literally before you came just bought my daughter a ticket to come to Miami. Yeah, and so she trauma she crying. She, you know, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, look, this is why I'm doing it. This yeah. is for y'all. You know yeah. what I mean? I want to want y'all to be ex exposed to outside of Houston. Not knocking yeah. Houston, but it's a bigger industry outside of Houston. Yeah, and so it took me getting going to New York with Natalie to learn like. Wow, there's a lot more stuff than Houston. Yeah. You know right what I'm on. saying? I, right had, on. I had done Mike Jones. I had yeah. done Z. I was good. But when I went up there, it just opened my mind to like, wow, it's so much more. Yeah, man. And that's what I'm trying to get these artists to realize. Man, that's live, man. So who all have you worked with? I know you already list some names. Who haven't you? Ooh, Lord. Who you work with? Who you haven't? Um, uh, man. Let's let's try to go. I'm gonna try to start at the top of my career. Let's see. Scarface was my first. First first beat so uh Zero, uh Mike Jones, Paul Wall, Chameleon there, Slim Thug, Billy Cook, Fantasia, Maya, uh Shay Atkins, uh Kirk Bang, Marcus Manchild, OTB Fast Lane, 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, it's hard yeah, that's, to even. Yeah, that's the list already. Yeah, <laughs> it's so, hard to yeah. even keep thinking of them. Right on, man. Yeah, UGK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pimpin' King, Too yeah. Short. Um, Future. Um, Lord, mercy, bro. It's, it's so many. It, it ain't nobody in Houston I ain't work with, you know. Yeah. I, I done pretty much touched everybody down here, so. Right uh, on. Yeah, it's All a right. lot. Who, like, who would you grow up listening to? What? You know, the thing about me, Q, is I'm a musical jukebox. I tell people that I listen to, I had such a wide variety of stuff. I listened to uh, Simon and Garfunkel. Okay. I would listen from them to Two Live Crew. Yeah. <laughs> to uh, D'Angelo. You know, yeah. I, I'm a musical. I don't really like genres. Right, I don't like right. the label genre. I just listen to music. Yeah. And whatever mood I'm in, I'm just going to, you know, I could be in the store and it's funny and, and a pretty much all white song would come on and I'm in there singing it. And like the people looking at me like, how does he know all these words? To yeah. This song? And I just know music. So growing up, um, of course, growing up in the church, my mama had church music on on Sundays. Yeah. Saturday was the cleaning day. She throwing on Luther and Freddie Jackson and uh, Michael Jackson. So. I had a I had a healthy appetite, you know, and that it comes out in a lot of stuff I produce, you yeah. know, because I sit and talk to people. They be like, "Who is that artist? Who is that? Who is that?" I'd be like, "Get your knowledge up." Yeah, it ain't you know all you listen to is rap. You you gonna be yeah <laughs> yeah for real. You know what I'm saying? You need yeah. to go listen to some jazz. People yeah. like, how do you play like this? I listen to jazz. Yeah, all I'm doing is emulating what somebody's singing, and yeah. y'all but y'all don't y'all don't like genres. Y'all like rap. Yeah. That's all y'all like You know when After the rap portion Of the Grammy Awards Go off Y'all don't yeah. even watch it yeah, no more. Up, yeah. I'm sitting there Watching bluegrass yeah. Funk You know what I'm yeah. saying Pop rock Acoustic yeah. Folk music You know what yeah. I'm saying yeah, I, I like it all yeah. So I had a healthy um, Rap wise Ghetto boys Of course yeah, yeah, You yeah. know and I told this story the other day. Man, I got in trouble. I got a whooping for listening to Two Live Crew. My mama found the tape. <laughs> yeah, that's too loud. Man, my mama found the tape. <laughs> I had left it out on my dresser. And I guess she yeah. was cleaning my room. Man, I, I literally got a whooping. She called me inside. Yeah. I was outside playing. Never forget. And she's like, who, t- <laughs> who tape is this? And I, it was my next door neighbor because he yeah. was older. Yeah. But he let me use it. And I was like, well, it's Kelly. Well, what is it doing over here? Well, I'm finna play it. Nah, mama, don't play, <laughs> don't play that too loud, cool. <laughs> And of course, the first song, head, boom. Hey, hey, oh man, she's like, pop, 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 pop. Yeah. Don't you ever go? I was like, God, I had to go next door. I, she like, take this back to him. So I'm walking over there, just got a whooping. I'm crying, yeah, yeah, trying to look tough for my homeboy. Like, hey man, you know, I can't, I can't listen to this. <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, too loud, yeah, too loud. Crew got me beat, man. Got me beat. Shout out to Kelly though. You know, he he was real. He kept it. You know, he took on the shit. Next time he see my mom, he's like, I'm sorry I let your son. I said, Man, you ain't even have to say all that. Yeah, yeah. You gonna make her whoop me again? <laughs> Man. So, yeah, I listen to everything, man. Yeah. I li- even in the movies. Like, um, one of my favorite movies is Wildcats. I don't okay. know if you ever seen that with mm-hmm. Goldie Hawn and mm-hmm. Finch. And it's a song that I sampled, and I have yet to sell the beat, but it, it was a song by Mavis Staples called Show Me How It Worked. Okay. And every time I play that for people, they like, where you get that song? I'm like, it's from a movie. Yeah. Y'all go watch some movies. It'd be some dope stuff they in do, these man. mid-80 movies. Yeah. And so I just, man, I listen to everything. Even now, I just, I listen to everything. Yeah. So I grew up listening to everybody. That's what's up, man. Man, you got a story, if I'm not mistaken, when you met Jermaine Dupree. Yeah. <laughs> and I heard it once, man. Can you share that story, man? Yeah, so... Um, I had just did my production deal with Swisher House, and we had just did Day After Hell Broke Loose, and I did the original Still Tipping, okay. the one with Camille yeah. now on there. And so, you know, my head was blew up. I ain't yeah. gonna lie. You know, I'm, I'm, man, I'm, I'm getting these placements. You know, I'm getting these checks from Rapalai and Swisher House. And my boy was working with uh, Brian Cox at the time. He was like, yo, man, Jermaine Dupree looking for, you know, up-and-coming artists. I was like, cool. So I booked me a flight. I was like, make it happen. So I get out there. I should have known something because when I got there, um, my appointment was for one. I got there early, of course. I got there like 1240 yeah. just because I want to be professional. Yeah. Man, when I tell you, they made me sit for an hour and a half in the lobby, bro. I'm oh. sitting there. I didn't go back to see Jermaine till like 230. Okay. Which I'm like, cool. You know, this Jermaine Dupree. I'm at, I'm at uh, So So Deaf. It's all good. I get back there. I think I got like, I think I did like seven songs, seven beats. Seven of my dope. I'm like, he ain't going to be able to. Uh, yeah, you don't yeah. want to sign me on the spot. Man, I'm going to tell you, he probably played 40 seconds of six beats total. 
And he just doot, doot, doot. Ejected the CD, handed me the CD, and went and looked me dead in my eyes and said, Man, you got it, but you ain't got it. Yeah. He's like, You know, you need to go back to the drawing board, da 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 da. And, and, and I ain't gonna lie, the hood in me, because it was just me and him in the studio by ourselves, <laughs> the hood in me wanted to hit him because he ain't but this big. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the 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 G in me just took that, like, you know what, Bots? You thought you was bigger than, you know, you are. And yeah. it took somebody who had some success to uh, tell you that. So when I came back to Houston, I literally stayed. This was when I was working at Selective Sounds in the back of the record shop. And I, I didn't sell no beats for like four five months. I didn't book no sessions. I just got in there. I practiced. Yeah. I, I worked on my drums. I went and bought me a new MPC, MPC just to just to beef up my sound because, you know, I was just like, okay, whatever he said, I'm going to do. So fast forward two years, the Natalie song comes out. Mm. Natalie got me, and I didn't know this, man. People be watching them charts and watching the Billboard. That's when Billboard had the actual magazine. Yeah, yeah. So we go to the I go to the BET Awards, and um, matter of fact, it was the year Mike Jones came out, Paul Wall, and I think Slim Thug because it blew my mind. Man, I went to LA and on Sunset, all you seen was H Town posters, Paul Wall, Mike Jones, Slim Thug, yeah, all them. And so I was there. I see Jermaine Dupree with Bow Wow and Sierra. This one by Bow Wow and Sierra was dating. Now usually when you meet superstars and you see them again. You kind of like got to refresh their memory, like of who yeah, you yeah. are. Mm -hmm. And this was so funny, man. It was a surreal moment. So I see him, and I'm walking with. I was with Brian Cox and Sean, Brian, little um, little homeboy who's kind of like his bodyguard. So um, Cox was like, uh, "JD, you remember Bots? You did the Natalie record, huh?" Yeah. That was the first thing out of his mouth, and like, I ain't never been starstruck, or uh, you know. Just because I'm just not impressed. You know, Dang. you got some breaks. I ain't got the break. It's cool. But I was sitting there just like, wow. Like two years ago, I sat in your studio and you told me um, you got it, but you don't got it. You need to, you know, go back to the drawing board. That was his exact statement. So for him to say, you did the Natalie record, huh? And I was just like, Do you, I didn't even know you listened to it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Because it wasn't an R&B. It was more on the pop charts. That's what really kind of changed my career because I was on the pop side. Yeah. It was a pop record. So, um, yeah, I was like, yeah, that was me. He's like, man, I remember you came through, huh? Yeah. I didn't even have to say, remember, I came to your studio. He yeah. literally said that, repeated it to me. So I was like, man, Bots, you kind of making it out yeah, here. Yeah, you know you're moving. Saying? Yeah, yeah. You kinda, I kind of pat myself on the back. Yeah. I'm at the BET Awards, H-Town, represent, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was just like, that was cool. So, so was that when you knew, like, when did you know you had it? Like he said, when you... Played them things, but like, when did you know that you had it? Um, I tell a lot of up and coming producers. I think because I started playing drums first, I didn't have like the learning curve. You know, when you listen to some of my first tracks, you be like, "Oh, but you really? They they could be placed now." And yeah. I'm not saying that to brat. It's just I kind of knew how to put them together. I just yeah yeah. I didn't have that struggle of like I don't know how to do the drums or. I don't know where the baseline pose will go. You know what I mean? I didn't have that struggle. Of course, I had to learn some different things about yeah. production and not just doing eight-bar loops and muting certain parts. Yeah. But uh, the difference is I played a lot. Yeah. So I covered up. I didn't have to sample. You know, and that sampling is back big now. Yeah, and yeah. When I started, that's when Kanye was coming out, yeah. Dre was coming out, you know, uh, J Just Blade. So sampling was big. So what separated me, I ain't got a sample. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Whatever y'all sound, I'm playing it and making it sound more organic. So um, I would say after I got that Natalie placement and saw my name in Billboard, that's when I was like, okay, you got it. Yeah. You got it. Now, what you going to do with it? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I kind of, you know, I've never been a braggadocious person. And people say that kind of kind of uh, haunts me. I never was the guy at the club. You know what I mean? Popping bottles. Um, you know, Maya, when I got to work with Maya, um, Shout out to Maya because Maya is, Maya is like my homegirl now because I had to chauffeur her around, yeah. take her to the gym, take her to eat, all that kind of stuff. And so um, working with her um, just kind of showed me a different. Maya was the first session I ever fell asleep in. Okay. Because like we started the session. I, this is one of my funny stories, too. We started the session at 4 p.m. on a Tuesday. It didn't end at 6 a.m. on a Thursday. Hmm. Hold on. Let me get... Man, okay. One yeah. session. Yeah. I took about five naps. Yeah. And the crazy thing about Maya, Maya knows how to record herself. So 
She's so sweet. I'm like, man, look, I gotta take me now. Go ahead, bots. She go. Get the mic. <laughs> she come put the mic by the thing. Yeah. I record myself. The crazy thing is, I think she stayed up that whole time. I don't know if she napped when I napped. Yeah. But every time I woke up, she was working. Yeah. And so, um, working with her was a, another staple because the story about me meeting her, Maya had came to town. She was kind of signing a deal with J, uh, J Prince. Okay. That's when uh, his son had just started uh, Empire. I think that was the name of it. I uh, think, uh, uh, young, young something. I forgot yeah, the name I'm of not it. Sure. But yeah. they were. They were starting that, and uh, Maya's manager at the time was recruiting Beat, beat CD. Okay. So he said she got off a plane. It was a long flight because she flew from overseas, and he played he played uh, my beats, and she didn't like none of them. But he said he knew Maya. He knew she was tired. She was drained. He said the very next day when she first woke up, he played the exact same Beat CD, and she was like, I need to meet him. Yeah. So here's the story. I'm in Atlanta working. When Maya comes to record the song. So he texts me. He's like, yo, where you at? Come to the studio. I'm like, I'm in Atlanta. Well, Maya on your record. I'm like, what? Yeah. Maya, Maya? He's like, yeah. I say, like, dang. I wasn't supposed to leave till like Friday or something. It's like a Wednesday. I'm like, man, I'm going to pay this $100. Yeah, I, got to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I literally booked my flight within three hours and flew home. Yeah. So I fly home. Maya's in the booth at Mad Studio. Shout out to Mike Mo, Corey Mo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, to my boys. And she's in there singing. And so she sings a wrong note. I hit the talk back and I say, that ain't how that go. And you could see her kind of creep from behind the mic looking like, who is this telling me? Yeah. Maya what to do. And I said, it don't go. And I sung it. I was like, it goes, yeah, whatever it was. And she looked like, okay, I'll try that. And so she did it. <laughs> She finished her verse. She come yeah. out the booth, and she's like, um, this is the to answer the question because I'm coming full circle. She's like, and who do I have the privilege of meeting that's giving me instructions? I was like, oh, I'm bots. D-bots? I was like, yeah. Oh, my God, I love your beats. I yeah. love your beats. So that's another moment I was like, I done kind of made it. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, yeah, you got it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? So that, I did all that to come full circle to answer the question. So them two moments, even the one with J.D., was a moment where you like, okay, bots, you 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 pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, man, so you done, you done, you was in L.A., New York, Atlanta. You done been all these places. What would you tell? Like, what's the importance of you moving around and getting out your city? Man, you know, and you kind of got to go biblical. And and there's a scripture that says a prophet is without honor in his own house. Mm. And it's just that. And it's not just Houston. I have learned this. So if you listen to this and you're watching this and you're just saying Houston don't support Houston, every city you go to, all the artists feel the same way. They just, I use Mike Jones as a big example. I was, I recorded Still Tipping. That was when him and, uh, what was, uh, Magno used to have a group. Okay. Magno. They was bleeding Houston concerts. Everywhere there was a concert, Magno and Mike Jones was there. No love. Hmm. No love. He went up to Dallas one time, <laughs> one time, yeah. and they they just will start going back and forth to Dallas. So the people don't understand that still tipping broke in Dallas. Okay, and the Dallas DJs at the radio at the time called back to Houston like, "Why y'all not playing this Mike Jones?" This is where he gets his name from. People don't want to understand is they was like, "Who?" That's it. That's where he got who Mike Jones because the story got back to him. So hmm. that's also kind of the way he did when he's talking about now nah, i'm hot uh, y'all on y'all back then y'all didn't he's not talking about women when people think he's talking about women he was talking about the city of houston mm. because it took dallas to stamp him yeah and then houston was like oh yeah we like him now well him and magno been bleeding the, the concerts at least for two years because i was signed to switch house for two years yeah and i know they was doing it for two years every friday every saturday somewhere it wasn't until he went to Dallas, and Dallas was like, we love Mike Jones. And Houston like, oh, we like him too now. Yeah, yeah, that's what and, and I always say, Houston is a bandwagon city. It's not a bad thing. It's just, when people come to me like with R&B, they like, what you think I need to do? Get out of Houston. Yeah. yeah. Why? Name me one R&B that came out of Houston. Beyonce. Where does Beyonce live? Yeah. New York. Name me an R&B singer that came out of Houston that live in Houston. Yeah. And then when I say that, they all trip because it's like Kelly's in LA. Latoya's here now, but she was in LA at the height of her career. And it's not nothing, no knock against them. It's just, it's Houston is a slower pace. And I, that's what I was telling you. When I went to New York, it messed me up. Yeah. Because I saw this chick do a song in like 30 minutes. Mm. 
verse, hooks, stacks, all. And she recorded herself. It blew my mind because I'm sitting like, dang, it takes us like three hours in Houston to do yeah. And it just showed me how the industry just moved. They moved. They moved. If you walk around downtown in Houston, everybody kind of slow. Yeah. Yeah. You go to New York one time and watch how these people moving. They just moving. And so my advice would be to see how other people in the industry move. You know, Atlanta, of course, is the mecca right now. And you still got New York and L.A. and Miami. That's why the cities I'm doing my cookout in. Yeah. Atlanta, New York, L.A., Miami. So, um... It's because there's a plethora of artists. You know, people always like, I want to make it. I'm going to move to Atlanta. Well, just because you moved to Atlanta don't mean you're going to make it. Right. But you have a bigger chance because the industry is different out there. You know, and, I, and the one way I tell people to look at it, like, look at major ra- record labels. How many we got here? Right. You got, what, rap a lot? Rap. They don't do nothing no more. Right. Who you got? We don't have none. We got a bunch of little, yeah. little labels, but... You go to Atlanta, when you go down I-85, there's a big sign with Jermaine Dupree with that afro talking about, welcome to my city. We ain't got no so-so death here. Right. So you just kind of look at that. Each mm. each each city has a different climate of, of, of music. So, um, yeah, Houston is just, we just, we slow, loud, and banging. Yeah, bro. slow, loud, and banging, man, all in the trunk. We the city of sir. <laughs> yeah. We, we're known for rappers yeah. and gospel. Houston is a gospel and rap city. Yeah. R&B is going to be hard to make it. Pop is going to be hard to make it. Soul is going to be hard to make it. It's just, it's not the climate. And so I get all these artists and I'm like, look, you just got to go out there and I'll send you with somebody to network. Go do a show in Atlanta. Go do, and they come back. We did our first cookout. Um, It was three artists, Brendalyn, Maurice, and they all was at the cookout and they did a show in Atlanta. Standing ovation. Hmm. I done seen Brennan do the same song she did at this show Man. down in Houston, and the crowd just kind of looking at her. Yeah, and so it's 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 every city. It yeah. just is. It's, yeah. it's like because I know you, so I'm not gonna support you. But once somebody else co-sign you, then I support you. Yeah, you know. And it's a, it's a it's a TikTok that says, um, "Why why didn't you why didn't I blow up?" And then the dude said, "Because you ain't share my music." Hmm. Why you ain't share my music? You my friend. You say you my, you know. Yeah. And it's true. It's yeah. it's just true. And I've seen it uh, when I started my podcast. When I, I've seen, you know, people not support. And I support everybody. Yeah. Whether I like you, I still yeah. support you. Whether I like your music, I still go buy it. Don't mean I'm going to listen to it. But the fact that I sold the seed of support mean it's going to come back to me. Maybe not from you, but it's going to come back to me and it's going to come back greater. Yeah. So, Right yeah, you got to get out of Houston, man. And that's not just Houston, because you worldwide, Q. Whatever city you in, go visit other cities. Go yeah. network with other producers and other artists in other cities. Yeah, right on, man. Man, so let's talk about some D-Bots production, man. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Beast 3 podcast, man. Man, what you... So take us through your process, man. How you... Do you have a, a certain way you make your beats or just whatever it is that day? Well, mostly, most ninety percent of the time, I'm gonna start playing okay. some a melody. Uh, I don't listen to a lot of music now. The only time I really listen to music is when I work out. Okay. I put my my playlist on Billboard Top 100 because that's where I want to be. Okay. I don't really listen to a particular artist or I buy the album. I may I don't bought so many albums that's in my iTunes. I never listen. I, I don't listen to. I just bought the album, and so um, when I get in here, whatever I just kind of hear. And lately, I've just been in some pop, trap-type yeah. vibes. You know, because Houston music got its own sound. And, you know, we graduated a little bit. But I don't do a lot of Houston. You know what yeah, I mean? Because, right you know, yeah. the, the Pimp C's are gone. Yeah. And the Big Mike's are gone. And, yeah. you know, that sound is is kind of gone. It's just, it's dated. Yeah. And so, um, my process, I sit down. Um, then, usually, after I do my melody on something, I'm doing some drums. Yeah. And then, after that, I'm just building. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, we in like I said, we in this strip down mode, so I don't build too much. Yeah, right, right. Especially when I'm sending beats to artists, I just give them just enough because they can't <laughs> write around a lot of stuff mm-hmm. now. You know what? Well, I grew. I done watched. I keep telling people when I first started producing, the big sound was in. Yeah, big bridges, big strings, yeah. big piano. Then we got stripped down to the snap movement. Yeah. The mid 2000s to the early 2000s. It was snap. You know, everybody. Nah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was the snap movement. Yeah. yeah. So we got to that. Then after that, you kind of transitioned to the big sense, like the runners. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, Scott Storch. Yeah, you know, yeah. The uh-huh. early 2000s, them scents came in. And so I've seen that. And now we're back to a strip down. So yeah. I've went through just these movements and just... I just have to adapt. Yeah. Because I be wanting to play piano riffs. I can do that all yeah. day. And I'm and some people still impressed by that. But these artists don't want that. Yeah. You right, man. You they want an right. eight bar loop, mute this this time, yeah. mute this this time, mute this to bring this back in, and that's what they want. Yeah. And so, but you know, music is coming back. Right on. So what you what you use to make your beats with now? What you Um, I got I got my Jupiter 80. Um, of course I got some plugins. I use one of my favorite ones is Codex. Okay. I use Element. Um, use Omnisphere I don't yeah. like to use it a lot Because the industry Has worn me out on it Okay um, I said this year Was going to be the year I didn't do no vocal samples Because they Last year They just wore me out on vocal. <laughs> every, every record ah, It's yeah, just yeah. vocal samples Everywhere yeah. So um, I use that I got my drums You know We write drums now We don't even use MPs no more We just yeah. grill them out Yeah So I'm still producing In Pro Tools In Logic and Ableton Yeah um, Most of the time I just get in Pro Tools Because I'm too lazy To do it in Logic Didn't have to import it To Pro Tools Okay So um, You know That's that's kind of my process Each each track is different You know uh, I try to get away from you Telling these I tell these producers Get away from using these loops Because It, it kills your creativity Yeah why use the same hi-hat pattern four songs in a row? Right. Just create you one. Yeah. There's no, Music is so wide open right now. Yeah. No hi-hat pattern is wrong. Yeah. Whether you want to go tit, 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 or brrr, it, it don't matter. Just yeah. quit using the same stuff. Right. Quit using stuff people send you because they done already wore it out. Now you wearing it out. And so, you know, I try to be creative with Every track I give its own identity, its own drum pattern, yeah. you know, so they don't sound the same. Right on. Man, you was jamming some, I got excited earlier because you was jamming some <laughs> jams earlier, man. Can we, man, can you run one of them jams for us, man? Uh, yeah, let me, oh man, my computer didn't shut down. Yeah, I was playing some Houston stuff. Uh, yeah, let me play my Houston, this is kind of my Houston sound right. It's called Pimpin'. That's like a pure H-Town sound yeah. right there. You know, it's just gritty and it's... Big shout out to my boy Kerry Mike on bass. Gotta use live instrumentation. That's H-Town. That's them Pimpsy organs. Hey. Man, that's what I love, man. <laughs> I love a good beat, dog. Yeah, man. A good yeah. band. See, you 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 play instruments, so we just have a different approach. Yeah. To you know, ain't no sample in there. Yeah, yeah. My own boy sent me a guitar riff, and I built from there. Yeah. Organ, strings, live bass, and man. you know, that's that H town sound. Because I'm a, I'm never gonna forsake my home. You right, know right, I mean? right. But, it ain't too many people that's gonna go get that. Yeah. But I did that literally just cause like when I do interviews or I'll do live, like this is for my city. You know yeah, yeah, this is yeah. <laughs> man, that's fun. Man, give us another what else you got, man. What what else you over to kicking up with, man, man? Look, I was I was listening to uh Juicy Fruit from a two mate one time. Okay. And so I was like, I wanna redo that joint. So I put my D bot spin on that. Hey. That's music, man.
on that synth bass bro yeah you be on that synth bass I like, the, I like the now one one of my processes is i will play live bass for like 48 bars yeah okay instead of it sounding like a pattern i okay. hate a pattern sound because that's what everybody uses now so i'm gonna play bass at least half the song yeah man and then chop it you know chop it up through the record man that's bad that that's it bass funky man hold up we up in here jamming some d-bots beats up in this thing man on the beach street podcast man man so what uh, how important it is to learn how to play something. I mean, to just learn what you like as far as the keys or, or like or whatever. How, how important it is. Well, I have I have one, two, three. I have four men, mentees as they call them right now that are producers, and none of them could play keys. And I didn't tell them to be. I said I don't need you to be Beethoven, but I need you to be Timberland because. Timberland can sit down at a keyboard and he gonna be lost. He just is. If you ever watch any of his videos, T, uh, Timberland used to bring in musicians to play different stuff mm -hmm. like Dan, Don Johans and all them. And so um, I tell him, you don't need to know. I had I played at church, so I can play every key all the time. I can do all that. You need to learn one scale. I say get you one scale and learn the theory all in that scale. Majors, minors, sevenths, and ninths. I ain't tell, because if you learn at one scale, then you can transpose. Yeah. And you can play in every key, but I need you as a producer. You're going to want to know, because there's no sense in you producing for five years and you sending me a track with your 808 in one key, your piano yeah, in one right. key, and your synth in another key. Yeah. And like, I, what'd you think? I think you need to learn what scales and what chords go together. Uh, or learn the guitar yeah. Either or But uh, you know I, I didn't make them But I, I heavily influenced them Like yo You need to learn Some music composition Yeah Not I'm not telling Like I said I'm not telling you To be Beethoven But you need to know What chords go with What bass line Right you need to, Especially if you're gonna Try to graduate from trap To like R&B Yeah um, You need to know What goes with what Because if you don't we we didn't heard train wrecks. Yeah. <laughs> People send me something to mix, and I'm like, man, what the 808 and C, the the chords is in D major. Yeah, and, and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? But you know, I, I think it's important. Um, are there dope people who can't play a lick? Yes, samples right now, and with the new software where you can just drag keys and um, what's this new one that everybody's using? Um, output. Yeah. Output has piano riffs Yeah For days Yeah yeah And so you can compose A whole song Not knowing how to play Yeah I just Found out about Splice, Splice In January too. Yeah I like man <laughs> Splice too Splice uh, uh, I did a track Last year For my boy Kayla man yeah. And I used these horns I need to find it I gotta find this Cause I want you just to hear The horns that I got From Output Okay I had Output For about Six months But I got rid of it Cause it made me lazy yeah, because it took my creativity. Because instead of me sitting down doing what I know what to do, oh, let me turn this on yeah, and just too, find me something. Yeah, <laughs> but I, yeah, while we talk, yeah, go I'm ahead. Find this yeah, yeah, yeah. This the B Street podcast, man. I want you to hear these yeah. horns. These horns on these joint is crazy, and it, I got them from Output. And it was the last track I did from Output because I was like, uh, -uh I can't do it. I, I, I stopped because I was like, man, uh, I can't do it. I can't do it. What's the name of this song? I know, I know. I think this is. You got to hit up. Just the horn pattern in here is crazy. And I used, um, you could tell them the tempo. You can tell them the style. You can tell them the key. Yeah. And it's hundreds of things to choose from. And it's like, it makes you lazy. Yeah, yeah. Because I could have created a horn pattern, but yeah. oh, let me just pull up this program. So it's just, it, it made me lazy. So, uh I want to pull it up so I can really section out these horns on this thing called output because that was the last track. And I only did it, I probably did like 15 tracks with it. And I start seeing myself be lazy. Yeah. Instead of me coming in being creative, I'm coming in going to the plug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, know? that's how Spice had me with them drum patterns, man. Because I like, man, I can just go and have my drum pattern done. 
I can just start working on the music. Yep. <laughs> and, you, and you just, it, it just make you lazy. I like it. it. makes you lazy, man. I'm like, no, nah, bro, I can't do it. I can't do it. So here, I want to play this because the horns in here are actually uh, from um, that output thing I was talking about. Oh, hold on. sitting there with earth wind and fire yeah so now i'm not knocking it because right. it made this track but when it comes to sitting down and going like i said going straight there yeah. it's like bots you better than that yeah you know, you're not these young cats who can't play right. or, or is not creative i you know i ooze creativity not just music just period yeah. so i yeah i, I, I unsubscribe yeah. it's just like it's like another another tool it is you, use, you know but when you from what we build tracks ground up, yeah, yeah, and it just it started feeling. I ain't gonna even lie. I felt like man, boss, come on. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I, feel, I feel you though. I, I feel you, but like man, you know, I, I got yeah. It's it's yeah. It just hand, I think it handicaps. Yeah, you because it's almost like auto tune. Auto tune was never meant to be a plug in for every song. Right. It was meant to be an additive or a help. It's a crutch for people who can't sing. Yeah, I wasn't using auto tune forever. Yeah, I got it when I opened up this over here, and everybody who coming who trying to sing auto tune, they want it now. Before they want to record yes. with auto tune. I'm like, okay, so I got to go on and learn it. I got to go on and learn it. How you a rapper? Yeah, and you singing. They want but it. That's man. what music is. Yeah. They want to sound like that, man. Let's get that jam one more of them for them D box beats, man. <laughs> Let me it was one you played first. It was like a little smooth groove. Oh, uh, 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 uh. Here you go. This one right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was the one you was like, oh. That's that pop. That soul. See them organic tracks like that just built just feel better to me. It's just like Yeah, yeah, they do, man. Live percussion. That's me in the booth shaking, doing shakers. You know what I mean? Live stuff. You can feel it. like some Justin Timberlake type stuff. Yeah. So well versed, you know, like I say, I don't I don't lock myself into any genre. I produce it all. You know what I mean? So Man, you you inspire where time I come over here though, you in inspire me to keep doing what I'm doing. Don't try to cut the those trends will try to draw you in, yep. man. Cause you wanna get with it. You wanna get with yep. what's going on. But yep. Yep. that ain't what what makes me happy, what makes me is hearing stuff like that yeah. and just continue to make that yeah. type of stuff, man. But I mean, the first time I heard a beat from you, lower level, shout out to Sid and Fred, uh, and I was like, man, I say them real guitars. 
I was like, who is that? Like, oh, that's our boy Cute Stone. I was like, man, I like him. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it was organic. And and that was at a time where we were just starting, like, the uh, stripped down music. Yeah, you yeah. Know, about 10 years ago. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, when I heard that, I was like, "Oh man, I like I like you." And every time I heard you, and you do you do organic type music, which is wonderful because everything is so syncopated now. Yeah. That when you hear other producers who can play and do that, you know you appreciate it. Right so. on, man. Right on, man. So, what would bots today tell twenty year old bots? Ooh, about in the industry, about the music, about about or whatever. Um. What would I tell him? I would tell him, stay humble. Because I told you, once I, I started getting a little clout and started, and I think it, it, it set me up for that whole Jermaine Dupree experience. You know, whether if I would have been more humble, I think I would have had a little bit more success. Because even at the end, I was, t- I was turning down people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, hey, bots, I want to do it. Oh, you can't rap. I, ain't, you know, I don't want to work with you. Yeah. Just because I had a little, you know, a little clout. And yeah. so I would tell him remain humble. The wonderful thing I can is I can say in my twenty one year career is I never I've never had the diva artist. Yeah. So okay. I, I don't have the experience of getting not getting along with somebody in the studio, nor do I have the experience of the no Vaseline treatment from anybody. You know, I, I've I think so it's not a lot of bad things I can say about the industry. You know, people have a lot of bad things to say about like rap a lot and all and I'm like, I they gave me a publishing deal. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know what y'all got, but yeah. me and Jay good. Every time I see him, we get a hug and we talk. You know, yeah. it's, we good. So uh, I, I've been blessed to to just be able to do it and not have that 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 bad experience of somebody messing over you. Yeah. I learned the game early. You know what I mean? I learned about publishing. I learned about so I don't have what somebody owe me money. Right. Or somebody took my beat and did. I don't have that. So I don't um, stay. I would tell them stay humble and you know stay learning. Yeah, you know, always learning. So if that. Cause I use it as leave one word. Is that your word? Just leave one word with the people, man. Just whatever. Man, look. Be great or be great at it. Already, That's man. Appreciate you, man. Hey, man. It's, it's a lot more pleasure. I can go with the time moving, man. It's all good. We can do yeah. part two, man. Already. Already, man. It's your man Quincy Whetstone, aka Q Stone, and this was another episode of the Beach Street Podcast. Already. <laughs>